Ladies and gentlemen, people of all gender expressions, thank you for checking out the North Bank Media Podcast. I am your host, Patrick Strevens. Joining me on the show this evening was Jesse Cochard. He is the owner and operator of Chez Cabaret in downtown Edmonton. And you know, going in, of course, I had my preconceived notions that this was a strip club and he was a strip club owner. But, you know, in talking to him, it's 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 much more than that. He doesn't even, that's not even a term that he likes to use. So again, this was great to sit down with somebody and hear in their own words what it is they're doing and what's important to them. You know, um, this is a legendary night spot in Edmonton. It's been established for over 50 years. It was uh, founded by uh, Jesse's grandfather, Pierre, who is still alive to this day. And um, incredible history there as far as the, the struggles that they went through then to become seen as legitimate. Um, and, and, and now, of course, with the changing economy, uh, the pandemic, um, it's, it's an, just an ongoing sort of struggle for them in some ways. But they've also had good times and they'll continue to have good times. And Jesse's someone who's very innovative and moving forward, but also very much tied to the, the culture of or the business model of what this place was uh, to begin with. So it was great to sit down with him. We sat in what he called the best seat in the house. Sadly, no uh, performance taking place on stage, but that'll that'll come, I'm sure. Um, Jesse's been very gracious to me in the past, allowing me to shoot some scenes for a film uh, at, at Chez Pierre and talking about now even screening the film there once we finish it. So, you know, he's a, he's a patron of the arts. He's a smart businessman, a very interesting guy, and I enjoyed talking to him. So please enjoy my conversation with Jesse Cochard. Alrighty, Jesse Cochard, thanks man, really appreciate you doing this. Thank you, Patrick. We're sitting here just feet... Live from Shea Pierre's. <laughs> live from Shea Pierre, just feet from the stage. With no live entertainment, damn just it. two guys on microphones yeah, and an empty strip club. That's about the worst thing you could get in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How's how's things going day to day these days for you? Uh, yeah, day to day is good, it's uh, a lot. Uh, I'm working a lot more than okay. pre-COVID. Okay. Yeah, uh, because of these whole hours and the regulations and stuff. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I just quickly, um, we never really like, we're historically a nightclub. Right. 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 So it was like, you know, nine o'clock, 9 PM, 10 PM opening. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. so yeah, it's, so historically, like, yeah, it's pretty sweet, you know, I would sleep in all day, <laughs> hang <laughs> sure. out, hang out with the fam and, you know, come show up for 839, open up mm-hmm. and we sell some drinks, a little bit of food. But uh, with COVID, I mean, we're last call right now is at 10 p.m. Wow. That's got to put a cramp on your style. A little well, bit. not only mine, Patrick, like <laughs> <laughs> there's some other. Oh, yeah. And like, and you know, and I know lots of bar you know bar industry folks and stuff and mm-hmm. all really great amazing people mm-hmm. you know been working with the city and working with industry for you know decades and decades and decades and that security clearances and checks and right. all this stuff and then it's like all of a sudden now you know your more your four most profitable hours a night are gone and people are just going to go party elsewhere so ouch so yeah it's a bit of a it's a bit of a sore spot for me but mm-hmm. I, like a lot of uh, our industry folk, myself included, you know, we don't want to be a part of the problem. I want to be uh, part of the solution. So, sure. so for me, you know, if they're saying that we can't 
serve drinks after 10. Okay, that is, that is how it is. You mm-hmm. know, is that going to stop people from partying in their homes? No, it's not. It's just actually <laughs> no. going to drive more people to that. Right. So that's how I feel about all that. But, mm-hmm. but how that regards to me working personally is, you know, we were opening earlier. And, okay. we, and we are doing different stuff. So whereas before it was like liquor service only, 9 p.m. opening, mm-hmm. like we tried opening up at 4 p.m. <laughs> oh, boy. How'd that go? Yeah, not good. Not so well. <laughs> yeah, we were zombies. Oh, no. Yeah, we were like, we were tired. The girls were tired. Like, right, yeah. right, yeah. That's, that's and, early for, for some of those yeah, people. Yeah, and like, and like nobody was here. Right. You know, like nobody shows up at 4 p.m. No. You know. And, so that's a good point. Like um, who who is coming out to the strip club? Or the gentleman's club, if you will, these days. It's not well, necessarily the, what well, it used to the be. The strip restaurant. The strip restaurant. This is The COVID. strip diner. The yeah, strip yeah. diner. It is COVID, so <laughs> we are a restaurant right now. But you're so. still doing dances, right? Like there's no, still no, no live, stage no, shows. No live right now okay. for another, for hopefully another couple of weeks. Okay. I know that they've been saying that to us for a year, so yeah. I laugh a little bit. But sure. it is light at the end of the tunnel, and mm-hmm. we'll be able to get our seated sit-down events going and right. stuff. And we have a whole bunch of... Like, we're just really cool, different music-type events and mm-hmm. different art-type events, oh. you know, to mix. Just okay. to Just to really, you know, just for all the adults out there and all the couples out there that, you know, they want a safe, fun thing to do. It's mm-hmm. a little bit different, you know. Mm-hmm. We want to be that place. We want to provide that. But, uh, yeah, so just going back a little bit. Sure. So uh, we did the 4 p.m. opening. Mm-hmm. That didn't go good, so we sort of had a good... <laughs> chat with everybody and we said we'll do power hours six till ten okay six p.m to ten p.m that's four hours mm-hmm. to you know just pump it as hard as we can mm-hmm. and uh it took a few weeks but you know what people started showing up Interesting. and people started showing up six o'clock and they you know they come in and they sit down and they order a plate of food because we would always people would come in after dinner right nine o'clock right so it's getting changing habits you know sure just reminding people that you come into shape here is hungry come for dinner mm-hmm. don't come after dinner right so uh, so that's actually been really good. And, you know, we had um, our pre-recorded shows going. Oh. And, we, and we had some girls working and stuff. But okay. you're not allowed to have uh, one-on-one dancing right now. Okay. So uh, that's what I was told. So the girls are just working on their own things right now. Sure. And, and we got this live stream thing going that we're really trying to build. And Oh, what is that like? So <clears throat> we do an, I have an OnlyFans page. Okay. And... Uh, um, we do like a free stream Friday, so we I guess we hand out like a free trial for the day, and okay. then try to get some girls to do um, a, a show. So we have a pole upstairs, and it's just like a computer and a camera. Okay. And we have an HDMI capture card, mm-hmm. and did some you know research into like this whole like the whole streaming thing. Yeah. And yeah, we sort of got into that a little bit, and good for you. <clears throat> yeah, and like and I, I down the road. I, it's going to be big, <clears throat> you know, like I, I really see it because it's a global audience now. Now it doesn't matter right. if you're reaching. Yeah. You're reaching the whole planet. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, there's a way more competition, mind you. Sure. Okay. But right. But shape here's has a different type of um, brand and it's, uh, it's attractive to a lot of people, you know, because they don't really know what it is. There's a little bit of that mystique. Totally. There it, is. Right. Yeah. So it's just like, yeah, you know, they find out a little bit. And they want to research more and more. So, uh, yeah, I definitely, you know, to all those guys sitting, you know, out of camp, <laughs> sure. you know, yeah, or like sure. on the other side of the world. And <clears throat> they want to know what's going on on a Saturday night. Shape here is at nine o'clock. Like, you know, I want those people to know what's going on too. And right I, on. Yeah. 
like eventually, you know, we'll have, you know, a, a seamless setup that there's the stage show camera or there's the oh. private dance room camera. And, cool. And if you want to pay to see the show, you can pay to see the show. Just like you can pay 10 bucks to come in here and watch a show in person. Pay 10 bucks and come in and find out for yourself. Yeah, or yeah I know. That's, <laughs> that's, that's the classic because, yeah. <laughs> well, that's kind of probably, that's probably where it's going in general, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I wouldn't. I would hope there would always be live dances. It's important in some ways, but probably oh, it's, it's it's hugely important, and it's it's something that we definitely can't um, lose sight of. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. we have to understand that there is a huge importance to art in our society, and if it's not cultivated, it will be lost. Mm-hmm. And it's that's not acceptable in my books at all. You know, we need to you know, encourage people to become performers and musicians and dancers and, you know, all these, all these people. I feel so bad for these kids that their whole lives require and stuff and then they can't play their wooden instrument because of COVID. Right. It is what it is, you know, Hmm. hopefully that they're able to bounce back and come back even harder, you know, with more force than before and and really do it, you know, uh, I don't know where I was going. No, no that. worries. That was I really love the passion there. So do you do you see strip is stripping the right word for it or what do you say? Well, I I call like I it's like the I don't know, strippers. I'm not a huge fan of the word strippers. Yeah, so a, like yeah, I I call them dancers, sure. performers. It's historically it was always dancers, you mm-hmm. know, and like it, you got to think go back going back like there was no pole. Mm. So everybody thinks pole dancer and they associate that to stripper. Mm. And like that wasn't even a thing. <laughs> like that's <laughs> sure. more recent. Like it was like a girl on stage with a blanket and mm. she'd come do like a floor show or she'd work the crowd a little mm. bit mm. or they would have like the feathers or the fans and it was more of a cabaret style burlesque. Sure. Yeah, totally. And and I love it. I think tons of people love it. It's hugely popular right. all around the world, you know. Um and it's a lot of like, I guess like there's a little bit of uh, I don't know, strippers sort of has that connotation, like mm. negative connotation. I right. don't think I don't think that's else really elsewhere in the world. Hmm. Maybe more Alberta. <laughs> uh, people are <laughs> unfortunately not as open as they are the rest of the world. Mm. I, Definitely. I think yeah. So. So then, without a doubt, that's an art. This is this is a place for art. Oh, one hundred percent, Patrick. One hundred percent, and like and like just going into like like the movie, uh, g- like give and take, right? Mm-hmm. That we met on, um, like that's pure art. Sure, you know, and like that is like, you know, a ton of passion, ton of work poured into, you know, a, a really passionate director's art piece, mm-hmm. you know, and basically one man and a supporting cast getting it done. Yeah. And, like, I was just really happy to be a part of it. Oh, we were happy to do it. I mean, this was the perfect location for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it did. And uh, when it comes out, I th- it might be a little wild, so we'll, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, there's some there's some questionable moments in that yeah, one, for sure. I'm excited to show it to yeah, people, man. Give and take, yeah. That's a good flashback, man. That's a really good memory. We had yeah. a lot of fun, yeah. Sure did. Yeah, oh, that was the last day of shooting was here. That was the last day of shooting. And we got stuff from different points in the film, and then, yeah, there was people dancing on the stage. There was, yeah. oh, man. Yeah, yeah. oh, yeah, because we ended up having that big dance scene, right? Right, Because so right. like, it was like the club, quotation marks, yes. like nightclub So-called, yeah. Yeah. 
And when did we do the when did we do the restaurant scene? The restaurant was earlier in the month, earlier for sure. In the month. And yeah, you came out and we were eating some beef heart. Yeah, you were saying we ate cow heart. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I'm an extra, yeah. Oh, it was good, yeah. It was we, yeah. That beef heart almost didn't make it into the final cut. But it, it was, was like, you it, can't, you have to. How do yeah. you not? No, it was, it was huge. Like, it was, <laughs> like, we're sitting around this round table. Like, it was almost as big as that table. Like, it, <sighs> that heart, that cow had some diabetes or something. <laughs> it wasn't something the healthiest wrong cow, but <laughs> that heart was cooked pretty good. And, like, we sat there and ate cow heart and a huge cow heart and cold mashed potatoes and peas. Uh, to be an extra, and that's, that's art. Be. That is art. That is down for the cause. At four, <laughs> at four in the morning in some random hotel oh, on the south side. God, down but, for the cause. Yeah. But you know what? Looking back, a great memory. Just, well, I'm glad to hear yeah, that. Yeah, great memory. You know, something to look back to fondly. So totally, definitely. So I think it's very interesting. I did some research on on Shea Pierre yesterday to kind of get ready for this, and what a hell of a story. Oh man, I'm just unreal. How's your grandpa 50, doing these days? 50 years. Don't mind me. Well, asking. yeah, he's 50 years. Yeah. He's gonna be. He's gonna be six. Sorry, 96 years old. Yeah. Wow. He's gonna be 96. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, I haven't seen him in a little bit because of all the COVID stuff. Sure. But um, no, they did. They did pop in uh, before December. Okay. And uh, just they were downtown having dinner, and they came in and said hi, and I had wow. a bunch of food orders going, so I got to show him, like, the kitchen and stuff, and, like, nice. I just really hope, you know, that he's proud, and <clears throat> I hope the rest of my family sees that, you know, I'm, I'm working as hard as I possibly can, and, mm-hmm. you know, I, I know in my heart that it's, it's going to pay off, you know, like, I've mm-hmm. put so many, so many thousands, thousands of hours into this place, and, you know, <clears throat> the history is unreal. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, you know, it yeah. was It was just you know, fucking off the chain back in the eighties <laughs> and the nineties and, and the place was packed, you know, Is that right? yeah, the yeah. place was packed and they made lots of money and they had lots of fun. And, you know, all the stories I hear from all the customers back then were like, this place was the place to be the place. Wow. And like to be, to be someone that wasn't even born in that time, like, <laughs> you know, it sort of puts me in awe a little bit. Right. And so you feel like even if you don't get back there, you still have, there's a legacy there to uphold and at least oh, continue forward. Totally. In my mind, mm-hmm. I, yeah, 100%, like, you know, big shoes to fill, you know? Yeah. Like, like my grandpa like is the man, <laughs> He's the man. Everybody looks up to him. Right. You know, and like not perfect by no means. Nobody sure. is, you know, but like he came here, you know, with, with nothing, you know, and this is like the story he tells is like five bucks in his pocket. Wow. And, you know, they landed on the East Coast, and they almost froze to death their first week because they had little suits falling from Europe. They weren't ready for the, you know, 40 below Montreal, wow. you know, snowfall. And, like, totally just different level of, you know, no toughness, mental strength. Mm-hmm. I think that they needed to, you know, survive a world war and then and then come here with a friend. And, you know, like, so the story he always tells is they were – they were driving, they, they bought this car, they saved up and they bought a car. Okay. Like a model 1920s, model Ford sort of thing. And okay. The signs were like, go west, you know, sure. young man, go west. Yes. You know, go, go west, find work, yada, yada. So they're like, okay, well, let's do this. So they get in their car and they're driving and it's like Trans-Canada is not a highway. It's like a dirt. <laughs> a dirt road. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not, yeah. Not, not very much better than it is now, but <laughs> <laughs> if you go through the mountains, you'll know what I'm talking about. But... Uh, yeah, so anyways, I guess they got to Edmonton, and it was like middle of a snowstorm, and their oh. car broke down. And <laughs> Welcome to Edmonton. <laughs> yeah, and that was it. They just stayed. Yeah. And that was... Well, he came over to from Belgium? From Belgium, In yeah. the 50s? 
Uh, yeah, so it would have been, yeah, uh, after World War II. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, mid-50s. Okay. Yeah. He was yeah. a boxer. Yeah, he was a boxer. Yeah, he was a fighter. He had tons of fights under his belt, and, uh, yeah, his buddy sort of promoted him, and mm. they, uh, he fought uh, Sugar Ray Robinson here in Montreal in, like, 54, I have a, 53, 54, I have a, a poster. Oh, wow. And it's, like, Sugar Ray Robinson was, for people that aren't, big boxing fans, was the, the welterweight championship of the world, undisputed. Okay. Okay, he was the man, <laughs> and uh, I guess Pierre didn't even, uh, he picked up this fight on, like, two days' notice. Oh, boy. <laughs> wow. Because the guy dropped, <clears throat> sure. the guy dropped out, right? I was okay. supposed to fight him. They needed somebody. And he had no clue. He had no clue who he was. Well, or, he didn't even just... know who he was fighting. Oh, God. So okay. He wa- yeah, so he walked in there, and it was just, like, Oh fuck! Like, it's Sugar Ray, like, and yeah, apparently, like, even, like you know, six or seven rounds with him, and like hung in there. Yeah, hung in there, and like he said, his whole side was black and blue for oh, weeks and weeks. But like, but like, yeah, funny because it was like it was like yeah, he's like I think he told me yeah, I got paid like five hundred dollars for that fight. So I think that was the five hundred they bought the car with. Oh no! To drive to Vancouver, to the West Coast. So, like, just really fictitious for wow. everything. For, I, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, did they never make it to Vancouver? They stayed? They, they stayed, yeah. Their car broke down here, and they stayed here. And then, in 1970, he founded Shapier? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, well, they had, actually, in the late 60s, they had a club in Grand Prairie. Oh, okay. Interesting. And, um, yeah, so him and uh, his wife, Darlene, started that. And it was, like, a, a discotheque. Okay. So, uh, BYOB. Interesting. Yeah, discotheque. Okay. Yeah. So it was like uh, whatever, how many cents for a pop and a couple bucks to get in. Okay. Is that So is that like a European thing he brought with him, that that part yeah. of the culture? Like a dance club? Yeah, discotheque, yeah. Okay, discotheque. Yeah, totally. Like, like you know, 10 o'clock opening. Okay. You know, 10 to 4 sort of thing. Ah, and like, late and, night. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, over there, it's no one's, no one's going out till midnight. Right. Yeah. They don't have dinner till 9 p.m. Yeah, they don't have dinner till 9 or 10. So, <laughs> so totally, you know. Um, so he brought that over here, and then I don't know how long they had that, but it was like the green door. Like that, that was, was like, okay. it didn't really have, I don't know if it had a name hmm. or what, but it was like, it, was, it had a green door, so everyone referred to it as the green door, hmm. I guess, and the stories that I've heard. But anyways, they came here, and they opened Shea Pierre's like 1950, sorry, not 90, sorry, not 1970, okay. 1971, mm-hmm. and it was uh, originally above Boston Pizza. Right. A little further from here, on, on uh, Jasper? Yeah, just around the corner, right. yeah, and uh, I got a someone found a really cool picture of that Boston pizza and it's like shaped here. Sorry, right on top of no it. Worries. So yeah. So cool, uh, cool, cool. Yeah. So they did that for 10, ten years, 10 about? years. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Okay. And then, uh, then he came here and then he came here and like, and like he, he always told me like his first 10 years were very tough. Like, yeah, I think uh, Alberta was quite conservative and hmm. you know, like, and he did the stuff, like, he had the girls dancing in the windows. Oh, boy. And, like, I guess people didn't like that very much. And he had all this stuff with the this reverend. And they were... Right. Yeah, in the 80s, they sort of, I guess, had, like, a letter-writing campaign. And, like, just a ca- campaign to sort of, like, get him closed down. Right. Like, with the church across the street, right? The, right. Yeah. And they just had their centennial a few years ago. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they've been around a long time, but... But yeah, I guess they did not like Pierre. They did not like Grandpa at all. 
and uh, yeah. Because he, they said that he was doing something that was getting people worked up and then going out and buying into the sex trade. Well, yeah. That was one thing I came across. Yeah, oh, yeah, totally. And, like, it's like, yeah, you're getting, it's like the whole reefer madness. Like, oh, you're in such a frenzy. Like, yeah, yeah, they just whip them up into such a frenzy. And, like, I don't know. Is that how people are? No, I don't don't think so. (laughs) I think people need a little bit of a release. And, you know, and if you have, like, a a place where you can go out and hang out with some other adults, like, maybe that's a good thing. But, but yeah, I guess they tried to... um, they tried to hammer the door shut. Really? Yeah. So, God. but he had like, cause it was like such a big media thing, right? Like it mm-hmm. just snowballed into huh. this huge media thing. So one of the CTV guys or whatever called them and was like, oh yeah, they're coming right now up here. They're coming with the bus and wow. their boards and their hammers up here. So, oh, we got to get down there. So he grabbed Guy. Is this like right hand man, sure. limo driver, okay, little gee, and uh, they, yeah, he's like, go park the limo right in front, block the doors. So, yeah, they block the doors and they park the limo right in front, and they're waiting, and television crews there, and the bus pulls up, and yeah, Pierre just storms right up to the bus, and no, the, yeah, totally. And then the pastor, yeah, gets out, and Pierre's right up to his face. Wow. He's like, what are you going to do? He's like, what? You're going na- to nail my door shut? Where are your hammers? Where are your nails? <laughs> and I guess they had forgotten their hammers or something. Oh. <laughs> and, like, he had just confronted them so fast, they just didn't know what to do. So, yeah. they. Wow. What year was that, roughly? Like in the 80s sometime? Yeah, that's got to be 80s. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. <sighs> yeah. Because that was after they moved here. Sure. Yeah. I think I've, I've done uh, some digging, and I've I have some... Like, just from going to the archives down mm-hmm. the library and stuff. Like cool. Like, spent a few days down there. and Neat. Yeah, I did some stuff online. So, uh, with, with with more digging, you know, I'm, I'm sure, you know, maybe there's people out there that have articles and clip outs from back then. And yeah. they want to send them in to shape yours. Like, please do that, you know. Well, right on. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Anybody yeah. listening, if you got a story or a yeah, kind of artifact. Yeah, an article or a photo or whatever, like, email them to us at shapeyourcabaret at gmail.com. And, Beautiful. yeah, we love that stuff. Like, there was, a, <clears throat> I guess, like an LGBTQ stuff. Uh, hmm. article that just came out and uh we were featured in it and uh just the person that was writing it you know it was saying pierre was just so heavily accepting of having like these drag queen shows and stuff here uh-huh. back in the day in the cool. male strippers yeah. so like okay. yeah so we were we, yeah we got i can't remember off the top of my head i think it was a year or two ago but yeah there's so much stuff like people still message like the the facebook page almost every day and just like <laughs> you know, oh, hey, like, I used to work for Pierre, and, you know, I just, if you see him, just tell him thank you, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just really happy he was there for me, and wow. a lot of, a lot of people, you know, like, maybe they weren't, they were in some dark moments, mm. and, you know, this, this place sort of helped them, and, you know, like, I, I definitely see that out there, and, you know, those are the kind of stories I really like to hear, and, that's cool. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, like, what do you think it is that a place like this, like a, a cabaret, a, a dance club, where there is nudity, there is topless dancing and all that, yeah. what, does that what does that give to people? What does that do for them they can't really get? Well, oh, thank God. That's a good question, man. You know, I've been thinking about that for years right. and years and years. And 
Like these girls, like it totally is, man. A lot of them are like therapists. Like it, it, you gotta, you gotta imagine. Right. You're single, or you're working in a cubicle. Mm. You don't have a wife. You don't have a kid. Mm-hmm. You're, you're lonely. Sure. And uh, that is your life. Right. And Friday night rolls around, and you're just excited all week just to go to Shea Pierre's because <laughs> there's actually some people that give a shit. And we'll, you know, sit down there and have a drink with you and talk to you and ask you how your day is. Wow. You know, and anybody can come to my bar, me or my wife. Well, first thing, new, how are you doing today? Hmm. You know, it's like, oh, man, there's some nice people out there I can actually talk to. You. <laughs> not not a computer screen. Sure. It's real. It's right? real. Yeah. It's real. It's in your face. And it's like, how do you transfer that with COVID to virtual? So right. I've been racking my brain a lot about <laughs> that. How do you do that? But, yeah, I definitely think... Uh, there's a lot of appeal to a place like this, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of good reasons to come here. Sure. You know, if you just want to blow off a little bit of steam, mm-hmm. you just want to relax, you just want to sit down and not have anybody know who you are for a few minutes and get away from your phone and actually have a chat, like, that's what this place is all about. And, you know, watching a kick-ass show, of course. Right. Very. It's exciting, right? It's like, I haven't been to too many clubs in my time, but... I noticed that when you're there, it's actually a very relaxed environment. There's oh yeah, it's like well, here's the one thing we want. Is, yeah. The one thing we want is like right there. Yeah. So let's just yeah. everybody shut up and just. That's kind of yeah. the vibe I'm getting. Yeah, yeah. The, like the whole thing of it, like, like, like I go into the strip club to like a tits with your guy friends. Like right. I always thought that like as a little bit weird. Like it is. Like, <laughs> yes, it is. for sure. But it is. like we but, do it though. But we do it, and like, and you know what? It's not even really those guys that are keeping this business going mm, what it really okay. is is like it's couples and it's really and it's women yeah 100 100 patrick we have so many couples that come through here on a daily basis mm. because they love it like they you know you have say you have three kids mm. and your whole life is your kids <laughs> and finally on a saturday night you have a babysitter <laughs> you go for a nice dinner right. and drinks and you go to Shea Pierce and you watch a show, like, yeah, that gives your life a little bit of excitement. No doubt. Real excitement. And if that's a problem, like, then I guess I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's a problem. I don't no. think, I think there's something, I mean, there's a reason that it exists. Oh, 100%. And, and it has probably yeah. existed for th- well, yeah, hundreds that's, of years. The saying, the saying goes, the world's oldest profession. R- right. And, and, you know, and stripping definitely is there, cabaret, burlesque, all of that. Mm-hmm. It will have, you know, Paris, Moulin Rouge, all sure. that. Like, that's grandeur, grandiose shows, man. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what people really want. Yeah, they want some. That's what they want. Yeah, like, that's cool, man. That's yeah. a, you're watching a full team of people, you know, right. 12, 13, 14 girls working together, done up to the nines, <laughs> a full band playing. Like, that's cool. Like, I would go to one of those shows all the time, for sure. So... We're trying to take a little bit of that and bring it mm-hmm. and bring it here, but also because times have changed, you can't. You That's can't, true. You can't do the same thing. So, mm. what we had going for us, which was really good, is we had some live music and we had some dancers and mm. we we're bringing good food into the mix and good nice. quality drinks and just building a good environment around that. Right. That's very cool, man. So it's it's yeah, it's more about. I spoke to a guy who runs a restaurant kind of west of here in Crestwood. And I was bitching about, you know, small portion sizes or foods overpriced <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> and he said, you know what? You're actually, you're paying for the food, but you're paying for the whole experience in a yeah. way, right? So yeah. it seems like that's what you guys are doing. You're trying to offer a bunch of different. Oh, yeah, totally. And like, and you name it, like, yeah, 
drag shows, opera, emo nights, R and B nights, like you name it. You know, we've done open mics, we've done hmm. movie shoots, we've done yes. TV shoots, <laughs> and like all that's just a process of sort of being open to, to trying different things. Like, is sure. every is everything going to work? No. <laughs> is everything going to mix with the customer base that I have here? No. Hmm. And sometimes it's gone not great. <laughs> okay. You know, because you have people here looking for one thing and there's something else. Right. But that, it comes down to just a management issue. And it's just like scheduling, you know, I have mm. all these, I have these t- two days off. We're talking with Sunday, Monday off. Yes. Usually help my family. But, you know, like if somebody wanted to do a show or, you know, my wife knows she has these days open, she could plan something. And, mm-hmm. you know, so people could come in and use this strictly as a venue. Okay. So if they want to do their show, they can do their show how, how, however they want it, Neat. you know. And, yeah, and then it's like you have a whole cast of supporting characters like myself and my wife that are there to support that show, right? Yeah. So, yeah, we can really do some some amazing things, you know, for this tiny place <laughs> and uh, a couple people, a small team. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, maybe that's not, I didn't really even, I guess I didn't think about that, but yeah, you're, you're not just a strip club. Like that's so, that's one dimensional. No, you're, totally you're one dimensional. Yeah. You're a totally. venue for, yeah, for anything, for the you people. know, yeah. and, uh, and like that was, you know, it was just something we sort of tinkered around with before, mm. but like for me, I always, like, I, I hear the name Cabaret, Shape Your Cabaret, mm-hmm. and uh, it just brings me to like, uh, just the root of that is mm-hmm. like big shows and that's music Mm-hmm. Entertainment, singing, comedy—you name it. It yeah. should mix it together. One of our one of our best shows that we had going pre-COVID, my my wife did, uh, was stripperoki. <laughs> okay. What is stripperoki? I don't know. Yeah, you sing, they strip. They sing, they strip. Like you name it. <laughs> Any combination a, of it's the... just a fun time. <laughs> it sounds like fun. Yeah, it <laughs> is fun. Because the girl, you know, was trying to dance to some dude butchering her song, and like that's yeah. hilarious. Oh, it's hilarious! It is, it is. And you're Very. getting the the customers involved with the entertainers. It's oh kind of yeah, a, Huge. a mix. Yeah, total mix. And 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 the biggest thing I gotta give credit to to Maddie, my wife. There, just it, we took a Wednesday night, which we were making fuck all. Yeah. To a night where we're doing good. It's your big night almost, to or one be, of the to being like a big night. Yeah, one hundred percent. So cool. You know. Um, I thought that was awesome. You know, I'm not a great singer, so I didn't get involved too much. But like, yeah, yeah. As an I observer, did. it was. No, uh, I did. I got involved. Okay. I did. Right. I did. I'm. Not, I will. I'm not that shy. I will go up there. And, well, I. I wouldn't think so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is your business. Been around this place too long to be yeah, shy. Yeah. I guess. Hey. Yeah. Totally. Um. I'm still curious though about about the dancers, and I I can't yeah. come to a place like this and not mm-hmm. ask like who who are these women? Like, is there a constant? Is there something about them that draws them to this? Like. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a really great question, you know. Uh, I'm very lucky here that we have, like, a stable stable rotation of girls, okay. you know. House girls, basically, is what it's always been. And mm. the difference between, you know, a house girl and, you know, a circuit girl, mm. house girl hangs out at the one club or the one town. Mm. And they're there every night. Okay. And, and that offers uh, lots of benefits. To the regulars, you know, it's like like anything. It's got its ups and its downs, right? Mm-hmm. But like the benefits that I see is what happens is you have regulars come in that actually can start to develop uh, like more of a relationship 
with a house girl because okay. if they're on the circuit, they're gone. So say you got a girl from Toronto, yada, yada, come in, fall, totally head over heels in love with her, and then she's gone next week. You never see her again in your life, period. Weird. Boom. Done. Your head's spinning. What the hell happened? (laughs) Who was that? Well, who was that? I'll never know. Right. You know, so that's sort of like the circuit, and uh, and that's cool. Sure. Good to to have that. Mm Mm-hmm. I like having it a little bit more structured than just pop in, disappear. Okay. You know, it's like come in, work for a few weeks, take off for a few months, come back. Like, because hmm. then there is, they know they can build their clientele, they can build right. their fan base to be here when they show up. And and a lot of it <clears throat> is like, you know, my like my grandpa always said, you know, <clears throat> Jesse, the girls, no, customers don't go there to see you. <laughs> they go there to see the girls. I'm like... 100 percent man but like nowadays like people do come here to see me you know (laughs) because we have good drinks we have good food but like that's i don't need to toot my own horn anymore uh but like but no the girls you know if it wasn't for them if it wasn't for the regulars right um i I wouldn't have a business sure honest and a lot of these girls work really hard on you Mm -hmm. know making sure that customers leave happy you know that they want to come back you know, they come in, they have a relaxing time, mm-hmm. and they're not going to get into trouble. You know, they can right. watch a show, they can have a drink, they can eat a plate of nachos, <laughs> and it's fine. Right. Like, it's totally fine. You can sit here and eat chicken wings and, and watch <laughs> a girl get naked. There's nothing wrong with that at all. People might be dancing on the floor, or there might be a DJ, or a right. band. It's all pre-COVID, of course. Yeah, yeah. But, like... That's sort of the environment I wanted. I want to, you know, structure. I want to be all inclusive. Cool. Everybody can come here. You know. So how do you? That's great. Yeah. How do you go about uh, bringing a dancer into your rotation? Well, you audition. I mean, well, yeah. Good. Another good question. That's a, I'm full the, of them. The million dollar question sure. everybody wants to know. <laughs> you know, it's it's funny because I'll just uh, for anybody that listens to this, I'll uh, destroy your fantasy a little bit. Okay. <laughs> No, it's pretty normal. I just talk to them. Yeah. You know, it's just, mm-hmm. a, just like a regular interview. But but I really, uh, it's it's funny, though, because the best ones really fall from the sky. 100%. Always for this place. And like, huh. and I mean, what I mean by that is, like, I did not go out and actively recruit them at all. Like, there was no ads, job wanted. Like, there wasn't that. None of that. Okay. It's not like I went out there to seek them. They had in their mind some reason or fate or whatever brought them here fell out of the sky that's hmm. what i call it okay those are the best ones and and the reason is because like yourself i'm sure before you did a little bit we talked a little bit of research on the history right they'll do the research ah. and then they know right. if they have done their research then they know they're more comfortable walking in here and and that's smart that's insanely smart for them. And mm-hmm. it's great for me because then I know that people that come here are reasonable and responsible mm-hmm. and committed and not flaky. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, because that's something that you deal with in this business a lot. Sure. You know, and it's not just the strip club, quotation mark strip club industry. You mm-hmm. know, any service, bar, food services, mm-hmm. you're going to get that. Okay. People don't show up. People are hungover, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. You know, but... I try to hold myself, especially now. It's you know, it's to as high a standard as I possibly can, and 
And I expect my girls and everybody else here to do the same. Mm -hmm. And coming back after COVID, it's really going to be like, if they can't do it, then don't be here. Because there's going to be a lot of people that want to be here. De know? I bet. Yeah. I bet. Like, there's not a lot of places like this left. You know, I've worked incredibly hard to keep it open. Uh, I don't want to have any issues with drama ever. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, it, it happens. Like, on a, like on a film crew, there's always going to be issues, right? But... <laughs> Not everybody has to like each other. They have to show up to work and act professional. Right, right. That's the business. Right. It sounds Period. sounds simple, but maybe not. It's not. Well, it's it's incredibly simple, but it's also incredibly easy to fuck up. <laughs> okay. And and that's sort of like the classic. Uh, this place, everybody. Oh yeah, Jesse, you got the best job ever, man. I want your job. You know. <laughs> and like I just, yeah, 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 sure, <laughs> sure. You wish. Yeah, you wish. You know. And then like the the smart people look at me and they go, oh, Jesse, like I would never want your job. How do you do it? How do you do it? Like the headaches you deal with are unreal. And like, yeah, they are sometimes. They're also like any organization, you're gonna have headaches. Sure. So. Yeah, it's it's always just people relating to it. Yeah, like interpersonal interpersonal relationships are fucking complicated. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, yeah, I guess you throw some liquor and you throw the entertainment side well, of things. You, oh yeah, and you throw booze and money and jealousy in there. Sure. Oh yeah, you got a you know nitro keg just ready to go. <laughs> so yeah, but that's I guess part of the excitement of it. But like, sure. But for me personally, I just like I've been here long enough now. I, it's got a level head. Mm -hmm. I just enjoy, I enjoy what I do. You know, I enjoy making people happy. I enjoy people coming in here, having a good, you know, having a good meal and a good time, mm -hmm. wanting to come back. That's what my grandfather was always about. You right. know, it was a smiling face at the front door, mm -hmm. greeted you in person. And yeah. it's like, where else <laughs> can you go, I mean, quotation mark, strip club, mm -hmm. and that the owner is there. Yeah, and putting his face out there. Yeah, exactly. Right. And, and like and like serving you a table. <laughs> that's wild. And, or like taking your cover at the door. That's different. Right. That is different. Everybody can see that. You know, even if they don't know it, they can see that. And it's it's cool. It is. It is. Nothing's better than meeting the owner. You know, like then you feel like you're you're welcome and you're you're part yeah. of something, right? The owner comes over and buys you a drink. Like come on. That, that makes me feel awesome anywhere I go. No doubt. You know, like, make people feel a little bit special. What's wrong with that? If you're enjoying this conversation, please subscribe on YouTube and give us a like. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. And now, back to the conversation. So how long your grandpa moved the place here in the 80s, and how long did he maintain? He was, like, the sole... He's the owner still? Nope. No, I he, am, he, you're the owner. I'm now. the owner, yep. So what, how much, yeah. how long did he maintain sort well, of control? yeah, he, long time, man. But like, you know, up into the 80s and the 90s, like, you know, okay. like any owner, you want to take a step back and like he was able to and he had some guys running it and mm -hmm. unfortunately it went downhill. Right. You know, in the 90s, like, you know, like 80s, mid 90s was sort of like the end of the, like the heydays, you know? Sure. And... I wasn't here, so it was hard for me to comment. Sure. But, but yeah, I guess uh, it just wasn't good, you know. Mm -hmm. When I when I came in, just to give you a little snapshot when I sure. started, um, like a lot of the girls were in their fifties. 
okay. Yeah, and I know, like, I can tell by your look on your face. You, I were not, s- you yeah, weren't expecting that. No, I wasn't. Yeah, so, I mean, and, like, and like amazing ladies, you know. Sure. Some of them have been here for 20 years, but, like. The nothing a- against them. Nothing, nothing against them. Like, the average age was 50. There was ones in their 40s. There was ones that were 45. Mm-hmm. The youngest girl we had working was 28. The next old, the next youngest one was 35. All the other ones were above their 40s. And, like, been here a long time, you know, great women. I talked to them lots, you know, awesome to hang out with. But, like, they were here maybe a little bit too long. Okay. And, like, and sometimes, you know, that's on them. Mm. Sometimes it's just on the circumstance. But, like, you know, so that was sort of the state that the club was in. Okay. It was old. You know, the chairs were old. The carpets were fucking dusty, you know. <laughs> the, everything was falling apart. Yeah. You know, the pipes were leaking and, you know, like the chairs had nails sticking out of them because, you know, they're collapsing. And, like, and that is what it is. And, like, you know, so my uncle, Uncle Barton, who I miss dearly, mm. uh, who passed away, I was working for him and he was the one that really started to bring these positive changes in. Okay. And, uh, I was just a kid, you yeah. know, 18, 19. I had no clue what I was doing. I worked in the oil patch for a year and, you know, so I thought it was tough <laughs> Sure. <laughs> coming out from the rigs, yeah. you know, being a pipe fitter, yada, yada. But like, I was nothing. I was just some dork from high school and, <laughs> you know, and yeah. So, so coming here, I learned a lot. I bet. Very fast. And, you know, we started bringing in, he started this process of, of fixing the place up and and bringing in younger dancers, mm. right? And it was hard. He had to get rid of some people that were here for a long time, and that must have been incredibly difficult. No doubt. You know, I'm sure it was. I was here for a couple of them, so. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, that's, that's how it is in this business. So, So for me personally... I try to do things like a little bit differently. Like mm-hmm. I wouldn't necessarily want a dancer here for 25, 30 years as incredibly loyal as that is. Maybe that's not the best for them. Yeah. You know, maybe it would be my responsibility to try to help that person to expand beyond this and like, sure. and like use that money to go to school. So yeah, what I, what I try to do now is like, with the with the dancers here, they're younger, but it's single moms and students. And is that right? Oh, one hundred percent. Every everybody's in school. Mm. Like like everybody is. Okay. You know, and like I went through university myself, so I know how incredibly difficult it is. And I think that's huge, especially for women. It's incredibly important to go to university. And, you know, if you can make some good money and go to university, why not? Why not? You're only young once, <laughs> yeah. you know, like you want to be old and wrinkly. I never had fun in my life. Well, no, I was a fucking hot star. Yeah, I was a star. I, was I shook a- it and I made fucking bank and I got my fucking dentistry done. Whatever. Yeah. Who, who are you to judge? You didn't no. do it. Oh, yeah, exactly. That's how you know. You know you're, when you're doing things right is when you have haters. <laughs> That's so true, man. So if, true. If, if no one's talking shit in your DMs or, or to your yep. face or whatever, <clears throat> behind your back, whatever. You're not doing it right. You're not pushing it. You're not doing it right. That's, and that's been a huge thing from this podcast is I stopped, I really learned to really, really stop judging people. And if, if a woman wants to go and do that, 
go right ahead. Yeah. Like, but I would now ask you, have you seen cases where there's a person who's in a dark place and they're doing well, it for the wrong reasons? Yeah. I mean, drugs and alcohol sure. affect everybody, especially right now. Like, mm. <laughs> it's all just really coming to the surface, you know, how bad it is. Like, I, I've battled addiction issues myself, mm. so I know <laughs> I'm not going to go into them. No, no but, problem. But at the same time, like, alcohol is terrible. Alcohol is yeah. evil. 100%, you know, and I run a bar, <laughs> so I know. So you know. I know, but when used responsibly, medicinally, it's a blast. <laughs> so why everybody drinks. That's Alberta. Everybody drinks. Everybody's an alcoholic. But, <laughs> you know, it's a terrible thing, binge drinking. Right. It's a terrible thing. It destroys your body. It destroys mm. your mind. You'll end up in an early grave or in the hospital, and I've seen it so many times. And so that's why, for me personally, I don't I don't drink heavy anymore. How is this a personal choice? Sure. Um, it uh, it doesn't affect people great, you know. No, it so impairs like, your judgment. Yeah, and and unfortunately, like what you're asking, there has there have been cases of people, you know, the money and the drugs and the alcohol go to their head, mm. and they don't leave in a better position when they started. But everybody makes their own judgment. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and it's a it's a serious thing. A lot of people think it's a joke, and that's where in lies the problem. You know, it's too easy to get caught up into it. Right. So do you do you check in with your with your staff with your dancers every oh, so yeah. often? Oh yeah. Well, like, you good? Well, I bartend, so I mean, and my <laughs> wife bartends. So okay, that's cool. You're right. You're on the front lines. Facing oh yeah. Me. So I mean, if they're drinking too much, I just cut them off. <laughs> like that's it. <laughs> <Okay>. Like. <laughs> But like, but like a fine, but like a fine line, Patrick. At the same time, uh. um, because people like have handbags and purses and stuff. So I mean, like, if you do cut them off completely at the bar, maybe they'll just drink in the back, uh. or right. So there's like, you know, you want people to have. They're performers. They're allowed to have a drink. Yeah. You're a band playing at a bar. You're allowed to have a fucking beer. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're a dancer, doing your thing. You want to have, you know, a cocktail to get warmed up. That's fine. Right. That's totally fine. And what's not fine is if you're sloshed and you're falling over the place Shit. and you can't perform yeah. or you show up late or it affects you or mm-hmm. it affects the business. That's not okay. Mm. And uh, I've seen that a lot of times. <laughs> yeah, I have. I have okay. lots. I had a girl that worked here <laughs> and uh, she didn't work here for very long. But sure. She wasn't that bright. Mm. and just like a lot of issues mm-hmm. one day she shows up just hammered and I'm at the door and I'm like what's going in so I sorry what's going on I like buzz mm-hmm. her in I'm like watching her she's like fucking hammered fucking minute later these two cops come in and yeah she was so drunk at the bar beforehand that some innocent bystander you know or some like you know bystander called the cops and mm. followed her here wow and uh i fired her on the spot <laughs> you know well, like, it's a liability at that point huge liability huge liability issue and like you know but that's like me like you know maybe i'm a little bit too nice maybe mm. i give people too many chances and you know like but that was like so bad it was blatant so anything like that like no you're out so yeah. fast and, um, but like, I like to give everybody a chance. I think everybody deserves 
one chance mm. and or a couple chances and like you know and like just like yeah she made a mistake <laughs> mm-hmm. didn't mean she didn't deserve the chance to begin with you know right yeah that's so i figure it that's that's probably the uh, that's fair and it kind of goes with the the brand and the ethos here where it's like we're all human we're all just yeah. doing our best in some sense yeah there's basically two big rules it's like you know don't get drunk on the job and don't leave with customers <laughs> okay that's it. That's like we're fair. yeah, it's it's simple. Other yeah. than that, you just got to do your job. Like we're not. This is adult entertainment. This is not a brothel, right? You know? and and people sometimes forget that. Mm. It's one thing to come in here, you know, with your old lady and get riled up and mm-hmm. you know go fuck like horny teenagers afterwards. <laughs> okay. Right. Sure. That's that's what this business what is. Here for. <laughs> that's what this business is. That's what we're here for, right? But some people they don't get that. They don't understand it's strip tease. Ah, tease. Right. It's fantasy. Okay. It's a show. It's a game. It's an act. That's what it's all about. It's not like if you want to go get service, there are, even during COVID, there are plenty of places that you can go do that all over Edmonton. Okay. And that's legal. Is I it? guess. Yeah. It's their licensed body rub centers through the city of Edmonton. There's like 30 or 40 of them. And really? like, I don't know if they wear a face shield or not. <laughs> are they sanitizing and in glove between? <laughs> in between, but like, oh, but like, it's so silly that these places are allowed to open and yet, like, a girl can't dance on stage. That's horseshit. Oh, it's terrible. Ugh. So bad. And then at the same time, too, like, you know, taking people whose lives were already tenuous, mm. you know, because a lot of people, <laughs> you know, are living day to day. You know, they're trying to make their rent, and then all of a sudden you take that last job that they have from them, what are they going to do? They're going to end out in the street. Yep. And unfortunately, that's what this is doing to people. And I've seen it a lot in the last year, and it's very sad. Yeah. And it makes me, it makes me angry, but it gives me also the fight to get through it. Mm. You know, and like what we were talking about, just all the changes for this place just sure. to sort of get, yeah, to get through, like, with the with the food and everything. Mm-hmm. Like, it's been an unreal amount of struggle, you know? I was going to ask, like, running a business downtown for the last year, have you seen mm-hmm. a change on the strets? Mm-hmm. Yeah? What I does mean, that look it like? wasn't, it, wa- <laughs> it hasn't, been, before, it hasn't but... been great before. Yeah. yeah, like, you know, and, like, the last 10 years. Let's uh, so check the time real quick Yeah, here. no problem. We're still doing good. We can okay. go for a bit longer. Sure. Yeah, so anyways, um, uh, yeah, it hasn't been good, <laughs> really. You know, downtown Edmonton's pretty rough, mm. you know, especially at night. Yeah. You know, so that's why we got lights and cameras and stuff. <laughs> you know, somebody was trying to drill into our, our front door. Holy shit. Yeah, like legit, and like, and like chiseling away at it, like yeah. chipping little bit by bit. And they were going to get in, they figured? and Yeah, I guess so. Wow. <laughs> I, don't well, I don't know what they thought. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah my, Weird. Uh, yeah, my maintenance guy, Steve. <laughs> Steve, man. <laughs> you know, my cab driver buddy gives me a hand with stuff, and like he's like, yeah, I got to fuck, come look at this Jesse. <laughs> like, yeah, these guys are unreal. Yeah. Like what, Desperate, though, right? Oh, yeah. What, what used to happen all the time when I started working here was we'd always get our, our locks glued. So people would put super glue in your locks. Like, don't do this to people. Don't take this as, like, advice. Like, <laughs> this is, it was a horrible experience. That's awful, yeah. Tons of times, like, but you why? come to work. Well, 
well, yeah. Just to fuck with you. Well, it, yeah, like uh, 50 years of history. Sure. <laughs> Ups and downs. Like, it's you know, a good way to look maybe at it. there are some people that weren't so up at the end and they're mm. a little pissed off. And, like, I guess that was, they'd get their kicks off by gluing our locks and cost you a couple hundred bucks every time to call the locksmith. I wanted to ask you what the yeah. process was like when you took when you became the owner here. Oh yeah, was that, totally, was yeah. that like a, chat, anyway? No, we can chat a little bit. Yeah, totally. Sure. Like I was, you know, I was running it for my grandfather. Like, you know, like, like I mentioned earlier, unfortunately, my uncle passed away, and mm. so I was sort of just running it. And uh, yeah, it was just just crazy, just such a crazy time. Didn't really know what I was doing, and yeah, you know, and over my head, honestly, mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, but I managed to get it under control, I feel, and yeah. I started to do things like fix the leaky pipes and, hmm. and uh, you know, clean up the place and replace the furniture and repaint the walls and patch the plaster. and Like, just these little things that, you know, over the years had just fallen. So the more I did that, the more, like, I just I became attached to the place. And, hmm. you know, my grandfather... Yeah, it was pretty funny, actually. So uh, he says to me, because I've been running it for about a year, year and a half on my own okay, for my grandfather. And he says to me, Jesse, I'm not getting my security clearance this year. You can do it. Like way too late. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, like this is back when it took like three or four weeks to get your security clearance. Now it's a day. Oh. So, and you need that for the license. Okay. So, I go rush down to the security clearance place the next day. And this is like, he tells me this like a couple of days before Christmas. Like, so oh, I should have, I should have been on this like December 1st, you know, for January 1st. Sure. So like, so anyways, I go rush down there and, you know, get my security clearance. So, comes late, we go to reopen. No, list, no license, so I'm opening, running with, like, out of license for a week. <laughs> you know, just Shit. like, fuck, you know. And uh, finally, security clearance comes in, so we go down to the licensing office to do the license. So uh, he's like, okay, I'm going to give you the company. You can run it. And he's going to transfer it over to me, and then he goes, well, no, he goes, I'm actually going to keep half. So it'll be 50, 50 owners. And I'm like, okay. Okay, Grandpa. Okay, Grandpa. So then we go, we do all the paperwork, and we go back. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, they go, well, up here, you don't have your security clearance. Uh. So you can't get your license. So it was like, we needed our license. Right. So we went back, and, yeah, that's sort of how I became sole owner of Shape Pierre's. Ah, uh, it yeah. wasn't the plan originally. No, it wasn't. No, like, uh, no, totally at all. Like, I was just running it, and okay. it was, like, totally sort of just dropped on me a little bit like and, and like and it's funny because it's like there's literally a, like a grandfather clause in business i don't know if you know this yeah for like businesses so because he's actually my grandfather i'm like the basically the only person that could run it hmm. because if he was to sell or i was to sell for example or somebody else or you say patrick was sure. one by shape Pierce, i wouldn't be able to transfer the license to you ah they're non-transferable. Okay. Unless you're grandfather. Literally. Literally grandfathered, right? That's so, funny. So, yeah, that's sort huh. of how I came to do it. I got grandfathered, you know, and then it became my responsibility. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so it was a really crazy time. You know, the biggest thing was 
I wanted my alcohol license. I wanted my liquor license. Right. When you guys didn't have one until 15, 2015. Uh, 2013, we got it. Yeah. Okay. 2013. Yeah. Okay. So, so totally. Yeah. It was, it was crazy. Like, you know, everyone coming in, Oh, we want to drink. Sorry. No booze. Right. You know, turn around and leave, you know, <laughs> that must damn have been. it. And, that sucks. And, and yet this place survived all those years. Not serving liquor, yeah, so to speak. I mean, it was as, under, as, under the table back in the day, but sure, <laughs> yeah, sure. it was Edmonton's worst kept secret. So <laughs> not like, uh, not like a huge deal. Like they sold on the table, big deal, right? Well, it happened. Yeah. So why is that though? Well, he had a hard time getting his liquor license. It was just a different time. Yeah. You know, I think he had had a lot of you know bad press or just a lot you know out against him. So. Mm-hmm. He just couldn't get it. You know, for me, it was like a fresh face, I guess. Mm, and, sure. And like, and a lot of time has transpired mm. since it was more in the news and stuff. So, yeah. So for me, you know, <laughs> I didn't think I was going to get my liquor license either. It was sort of like mm. a pipe dream. Sure. And it was like, I just applied. And, you know, they told me how to do all this shit. Right. So I said, okay, and I you did it. started doing all this shit. <laughs> <laughs> like what kind of stuff? Like oh, fixing certain things? Or? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so much. So the first big thing was, okay, you can't have lap dancing and liquor sales in the same area. Oh. Okay, that is literally in the Alberta Gaming Liquor Act. You can't have private dancing. So if you sell booze, you can't have private dancing. Well, everybody has that. Well, yeah, I've been, I've seen that. Yeah. Okay. So now the question is how, right? So there's a loophole, and the, uh, lo- the loophole is you have an area where you don't have alcohol sales. Ah. Uh, so it's a separate business. Oh. Yeah. So you need a, but the thing is, to have a separate business is you can't walk through your business to get to a separate business. You okay. have to have a separate entrance. So, hmm. so for me, it really was like working with my, my landlord, uh, my grandfather's friend, and just like, you know, we just had this one floor mm-hmm. before and uh, got the whole building. So oh, okay. we started getting building the lap dance room upstairs. So that was the biggest thing that was, uh, you know, me and a buddy, like over a year's worth of work. Wow. You know, lumber, drywall. Sure. Just fucking <laughs> general contracting now. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, because I had general contractors and they all sucked. And it was just like, I, got, I was just like getting ripped off. You want something, to, yeah. you want a lap dance room built, right? Yeah. Well, I was thinking having plumbers, you know, like, you know, charge me three, four grand for a job that's 200 bucks because I don't know what I was doing or right. because they see the club, they think strip club, big money, right? Sure. So like just over time, you know, now I have the most amazing plumber. You know, like just the best guy ever, you mm-hmm. know, and like just over time I've met these people. So it's given me the ability to, sure. you know, do these little things myself. So, so yeah, that was a big one, the lap dance rooms. So we had to get that set up. So then we got that set up and it was like, okay, well, what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. So we shut down and I shut down for about a month or two. We Moved everything upstairs. We okay. had like two tables up there and a couple of girls working. Okay. And, and like just for the lap dancing. And we renovated down here. So like, yeah, replacing the old dishwasher and like upgrading the bar. And like the biggest thing was the floors. Mm-hmm. Like I laid 5,000 pounds for the tile. Oh shit. You know, with uh, me and a buddy. And like, you know, that was like a five, $6,000 investment just in materials. 
Looks good. It, yeah, it looks incredible. Yeah. Like, it fuck tile all the way, man. Fuck carpet. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I bet for like a place was, like this. Oh, it was so fucking disgusting. Like, you know, I found some French guy who was a buddy of my buddy, and like, he's he was like a demo guy, and like, fuck, he pulled up that carpet. It was the most disgusting shit I've ever fucking seen. Guess what was underneath that? More carpet. Oh no! He had double. to pull that. Yeah, double carpet. Yeah, he had to pull that up too. Yeah, yeah. You think that was a one-day job? It smells no. great, too. I oh, bet. Oh fuck, man! So gross. So like, yeah, that was like, that was a big thing, man. Yeah. The cart. We had carpet for years. Carpet. carpet. Really? Oh yeah. It was I always, can't imagine that. Oh, it was like, like back in the it's day. It's a sponge. Yeah. Well, back in the day, like I guess it was more like shag, so it was sort of cool. It's cool. Yeah. Like yeah, but like. I mean, there's, I guess we're sitting on this carpet right here. This is commercial-grade carpet okay. that I put in. Oh. This is proper bar carpet. Okay. And it was quite expensive. But it's of course. been over, yeah, over 10 years now. It's held up. Yeah, it's held up. Yeah, so, but, but that was the biggest thing was, like, we never had the uh, food permit, food service permit. So, yeah, mm -hmm. getting the tile floors in and upgrading the place was a huge amount of work. So we mm -hmm. did all this work and then come out of it. You know, I'm supposed to get my liquor license October 2012, and it's like, no, you fail. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, oh, no. Great. And, like, I just spent so much money and just... And for what? Years of time, like, the whole over a year doing the upstairs, and then just, like, the last month or two, just mm -hmm. fucking flying, <laughs> you know? And it was like, what do I do? And, so we opened with no booze. People would come into the bar with no booze and be like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> well, like maybe I'd make like, you know, a couple hundred dollars and I would use that couple hundred dollars to, you know, get an exit sign. Sure. Or an emergency light or mm. replace an old emergency light or, you know, like whatever, mm. whatever deficiency they found <laughs> that made me fail. So that was like another uh, page or two worth of stuff. I think I went through that another two or three times. So, yeah, so that was quite the struggle. And so, funny side note, actually, sure. this is how all this movie stuff came about, too, because Sean Donnelly uh, films Gone by Dawn, Gone by Dawn 2. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, so he did all this work. I hadn't gotten my liquor license, yada, yada, just struggling hard. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he sends me this email. Hey man, filming this movie, my pet project, and working yeah. on this for a long time, and yeah, cool. <laughs> so like, yeah, that actually like saved me. That was like a like a seven day shoot. Oh and wow! Like it was like a real production, like yeah. craft services, and like fifty people working, and like you know, like I made a little bit of money, and like huge, you know, that was this huge, incredible timing, and that sort of honestly helped me get through. It wasn't until so that was October 2012 I was supposed to get. It wasn't until March 2013, so another six months. Okay. I went through inspections and just continuous stuff like that. Uh, because you got to be certified by fire, okay. police, health, city. So there's five, four or five agencies that you have to certify you, right? Sure, so sure. So that's be a place like this, this older, right? They're looking. They're looking well, yeah, yeah and, and yeah, it's an old place. That's what it is, right? Yeah. Like, so... So yeah, after uh, six months of that, it was two days before St. Patrick's Day, <laughs> and uh, yeah, the fire marshal gave me it was the fire marshal was the last one, and he gave me the okay, and he hadn't even left the building, and we were just like, whoa, 
yeah. Good timing. And like, and like, legit, I was so broke. Like, my buddy, uh, thank God, man, still around. Yeah, he lent me 500 bucks, and uh, I spent all that money to go buy booze because <laughs> I had no money to buy booze and sure. liquor license, no alcohol. Right. A couple of days before St. Patrick's Day, and yeah, we got it. And yeah, we got it going. And it was still slow as fuck because <laughs> nobody <laughs> knew we had a liquor license. Right. It took a while to get that news out. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. And um, yeah, totally. But uh, even now, <laughs> so eight years ago now. Yeah, yeah Shea Pierce is that place with no liquor license. Like, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. God damn it, man. <laughs> How do you shake it? How do you shake it? Doing stuff like this. Sure. Getting the word out. Yeah. So I guess to wrap it up, like you're, I'm hearing all these stories about all the struggle and all the time and everything. Go another 15 minutes. Okay. I love it. What is it personally that keeps you going? Why do you feel the need to keep this going? Because you could easily. This is probably a headache some days. Oh, it is. Yeah, it is some days. I don't know. I got a weird amount of drive. I guess. Okay. I just. You can't say no. I just. I yeah. Uh, I'm people pleaser. Have a hard time saying no. <laughs> <laughs> what would you do if not this though? Like what? Uh, tons of stuff, man. <laughs> I went to Grant McEwen. Right. So I got my management diploma. Okay. But yeah, like I really, I want to go back to school and do my engineering. Oh, right on. Yeah, yeah, totally. I want to be like a scientist or an engineer or something. Um, and I'm, you know, falling behind a little bit. But yeah, I was working on my, my upgrading and stuff. I had to upgrade a couple classes to okay. get back in. But yeah, I want to do that. So there is a, there is a, a next chapter for you. It's not just oh here. tons. Like my my big goal is now is like pre COVID this place was just humming. Yeah. No problem, man. And like when you have proper staff, I can open up for you and mm-hmm. and you trust everybody. Like I I had some free time on my hands and I can get back there where I have enough free time on my hands to to go to U of A and mm. I want to do like my computer engineering or my electrical engineering or something. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I just science fascinates me, man, and and I want to spend the rest of my fucking time here. As much as I love this place, <laughs> like I'm a smart guy, you know. I want to go back to university. Yeah, there's a, there's a bigger bigger world yeah, out there, I guess. I, like I I <laughs> say I love school, but that's a lie. I fucking hated it. <laughs> you know, school is a nightmare. But like I did mm. it, man. I went through university. I worked here every night. Mm. Three, four in the morning, and I was up for class. You know, eight, nine. And mm-hmm. It sucked, but I did it. And at least now, with the place more set up, like I could have somebody running it, and mm-hmm. I could go to school this time and with a better head, I think. Yeah. So, are you are you actively looking for someone maybe to come in under you now? Uh, like I said earlier, fall from the sky. Sure. So maybe that guy just, is. Let's just stick with that because whenever I actively look, I doesn't. I don't find what I want. So interesting. Yeah. What. Well, well, does your grandpa say much about the place anymore, or is he kind of, is it... No, you know, I uh, I think he's, likes coming in here. <laughs> I think he's proud of the place, man. Yeah. The last time he was here, I just formidable, formidable oh. right? And it's, like, fabulous. It's, like, it's got to mean a lot. Well, the, the, the place looks great, Patrick. It like, it does. Like, even since um, Give and Take, mm. like, we added these sanctions. We okay. Had, old wooden ones before like the whole club is just shiny it is it, it is especially like with the house lights on i bet yeah just, oh yeah with the stage lights on yeah. like like it smells good you know and there's no <laughs> fruit flies anymore and my dishwasher works good. 
And I like, <laughs> it's all these amazing things. Yeah, yeah. Really amazing things. Like I, I just walk in here and like, I just, Oh, I'm in awe of how awesome it looks. <laughs> it looks fucking great in here, man. And that was just lots of work, <laughs> lots of work, lots of work. Yeah. It's great though, that you can see that work and that this, that it will endure for as long as, yeah. Well, as long know. as I'm here, man, as yeah. long as I'm here, I, my landlord's good. Yeah. And paying my rent. That's what matters. He's happy. He's happy right now. You know, one day, I mean, this place is old. You know, one day someone's going to come through here and demo it. Right. I'll cry that day, but sure. that's, that's progress, I guess. Life, I guess. Right. You know, I guess it is, but this is an institution of Edmonton. <laughs> it is. You know, well, you know what? The thing is, how I see it is shape here is not a place man it's not a place it's an idea it's a brand <laughs> sure it is it's you know that t-shirt you got with the shape here logo on it do those exist yeah dude they do i'm not wearing mine right now can but i get one yeah I can i'll probably, buy one i'll get you one yeah, 40 <laughs> bucks i get you the staff price appreciate it but uh <laughs> yeah um like a uh, quick side note uh side story but one of the these guys used to come here and he had a shirt, shape here shirt from like the eighties. Oh yes. And like he like it was like <laughs> yellow shirt, girl on it, shape yes. here, big old shape here logo. And like legit he would had this shirt for like twenty, thirty years. He only ever wore it when he's coming to the club. He'd come in a full suit, always in a full suit. Right. And then he'd go to his table, he'd sit down, he'd start taking his jacket off. Oh, he'd take no. his jacket off. What he'd Superman. Take his, he'd take his vest off. <laughs> and he'd take his collar shirt off. And there was the yellow shape yes. PR shirt on. And he'd sit there having his drink with his yellow shape PR shirt on. Like That's money. a customer you want. Oh, yeah. I vividly remember that. Being like, this guy is committed. This yeah. is a regular. Like, this is how you keep a business alive. <laughs> People so, like that. People like that. So, yeah, I've been doing like... Uh, uh, the problem is, is I, buy, I buy stuff and then I give it away. Because <laughs> uh, you, you have good customers that come sure. in and, you know, giving them a shirt or a toque. So, like, yeah, toques are good. Like, yeah. giving away toques, yeah. I guess it's marketing in a way for you. It's like it gets your brand out into the Dude, street. I give people stuff. They wear it every day. Like, legit. <laughs> like, every, like, that hoodie. Yeah. That hoodie, I've given in hoodies to people, and, like, it's two, three years, and they're still wearing that hoodie every day. And, like, you can't ask for better marketing than that. No. Because, <laughs> no. and it's a conversation starter. It's like, oh, Shape here. That, what's that, some some strip oh. club? No, no, let me tell you what it oh, is. Oh, totally. I was at Safeway the other day, and I was wearing my Shape here hat, and the the ladies behind the teller were just, were just telling me just the most amazing stories of wow. how her aunt used to dance here back in the 80s, oh and they God. just had the blast coming here, and it's just like, it's, it's so cool to see them, like, relive that former glory, too, even if it's just, like, in a memory with a yeah. new standing in a Safeway cash aisle. Like, they don't know me, but I'm like, oh, I own Shea Pierce. And they're just like, what? Oh, yeah, my grandpa's Pierre. No way. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Jesse Pierre Cochard, man. We're, are you guys open? Like, <laughs> like yeah. We're, we're open. No way. I heard that place shut down. Damn it. Like, I hear that every day. Like, every day. It's bizarre. <laughs> Is there something you feel like you could do to get to get your keep your name? To what do you do, man? I don't know. I I've done it. I've like like we're talking about the the Vice article. Like mm -hmm. it's one of their most translated articles. Like right. people know about this place. People care. But like you know, it's hard to change some people's minds when they just have that in their mind that this place is 
seedy or it doesn't have a liquor license or whatever, right. you know, the only way you can really change that is by having them come in. Have them come in. Yeah. Pay the ten bucks and pay the comp pay the ten bucks. Come out come find out for yourself. <laughs> and I, yeah, that used to be the best because when I was working in the door and people didn't want to pay cover. Oh no. <laughs> I just pointed the sign. It's it's right there. I literally have to say nothing. I pointed the sign. It's interesting that you say that. It's like you, you, you met some people that relived a memory with you about this place. And maybe that's what this place is about, is uniting people and bringing people together oh, in a community. Totally. Totally. I think so, man. Like, I, too many times I've seen, like, <laughs> fathers and sons. Oh, like, boy. Um, oh, yeah. Like, totally. <laughs> like, awesome. Like, you know, my, my, it's my son's 18th birthday. Yeah, my dad's taking here for my 18th. He came here on his 18th birthday. <laughs> oh, jeez. Like it's, that's what it's a, it about is. in it some is. way. Like, yeah. I, like, I didn't go to the strip club on my 18th birthday, but my, but my dad took me out and we went to all the bars in yeah. hometown. And like, that is like the, the, your bachelor party or whatever, yeah. your bachelorette party or your birthday party. Like, you know, this place has got to stick around, man. That's, it's got to be around. That's, everybody tells me that. Yeah. Everybody I talk to, Jesse, you got to keep it going. And so, you, and you will for the foreseeable future? Yeah, I, I'm going to keep it going, man. Beautiful. I'm going to keep it going. Maybe it's going to be a, a, a like a mobile act one day. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I guess that's where we're headed, right? Maybe yeah. it'll just be an like app. A virtual, God. an app or a virtual show or who knows? You don't, I guess, day by day, right? Just day by day, man. I just, that's all I can do. Right on. Well, Jesse, I think you're doing your grandpa proud. I appreciate your time. Thank you, Patrick. We'll definitely do it again sometime. Absolutely. When you're open fully for shows, I'll be here. We could. We'll do a live. Ca- we'll do a podcast live <laughs> while we're open. Yes, we will. <laughs> yeah. Everybody, uh, you can hear all the chatter in the background. I love that idea, man. All right. Book it. Thanks, Jesse. Thanks, buddy. Thank you for listening to the North Bank Media Podcast. If you enjoy this conversation, please subscribe on YouTube and give us a like. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Please subscribe as well and leave a five-star review.